told me that you had told him about driving turkeys all the way to Boston. Oh, yeah. Hello, welcome to Vermont Untapped, a podcast from the Vermont Folklife Center that explores the state through the voices of its own residents. I'm Mary Wesley. You're listening to the Vermont Untapped 2020 Thanksgiving special. We're diving into the VFC archive again to unearth some more audio treasures that haven't really seen the light of day in a while. In fact, to bring you this episode, archivist Andy Kolovos had to mask up and head to our building in Middlebury to digitize the original tape. It was recorded by VFC founder Jane Beck in the early 1980s. Jane began her fieldwork in Vermont in the late 70s, recording interviews that laid the foundation of her first Folklife Center projects and were the seeds of our archival collection. One of the earliest people she connected with was Earl Fuller. Earl was born in Warren, Vermont in 1888. His grandfather had first squatted on Fuller Hill in the 1840s, giving his name to the surrounding land. The Fullers were a farm family specializing in horses. Earl's father raised and trained them, and buyers came from Boston and New York looking for well-trained, matched pairs ready for city life. Earl was a marvelous storyteller, with detailed descriptions and colorful analogies. Jane saw his reminiscences as a way to illuminate the early horse culture of the Mad River Valley. She saw him often over a three-year period from 1979 to 1983. Ultimately, she made over 45 recordings with him. Earl Fuller died at age 95 in January 1984. As a pandemic project, Jane has gone back into this tome of interviews, revisiting Earl's life and stories and looking for new connections. When I came asking about material related to Thanksgiving in the archive, it turned out that Earl has a good one. So good, in fact, he told it more than once. In the early 1800s, in the fall, it was common for Vermont farmers to drive, meaning walk their livestock, to market in Boston. One of the most unusual sights was the turkey drive. Imagine thousands of turkeys being cajoled en masse along roadways, through towns, over bridges, all the way to Boston. People say herding cats is hard, but turkeys? In a time before large trucks, industrial refrigeration, and the interstate system, it turns out that marching giant flocks of poultry through the countryside really was the simplest way to get it done. In all honesty, we don't know if Earl Fuller actually participated in such a venture. The turn of the 20th century, which is when it would have taken place, was, in our understanding, a bit late for such an undertaking. But even if he didn't actually participate in a turkey drive himself, he certainly grew up hearing stories from those who had. And the way he tells it brings you right into the experience. I'm going to play for you two different clips of Earl's turkey story. The first was recorded on November 29, 1979, and the second a few years later on February 10, 1981. A heads up, Earl has a great old-time Vermont accent. It's wonderful. It reminds me of my great aunts who grew up in Bethel. But folks unfamiliar might find it a little hard to follow at times. To be sure you don't miss anything, you might want to put down whatever it is you're doing right now and give Earl your full attention for the next 10 minutes or so. Trust me, it's worth it. 
When I listen to Earl, I like to notice the little details that show up in both versions, as well as the differences between the story as shared in 1979 and 1981. If you're inclined, give it a try. And if you do find yourself challenged by Earl's accent, don't worry. We've included a transcript of both stories in our show notes at www.vtfolklife.org untapped. Ready? Let's go herd some turkeys. He told me that you had told him about driving turkeys all the way to Boston. Oh, yes. Yeah, who was that? Bill Perry over at Hubbard store. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a year ago, Miss Mike Tierney, that is Tierney, he was a, a uh, road commissioner out of Bristol. Mm-hmm. And he died, but he was the boy that he was 12, and he rode with his father in the front rig, power horses on it. They put power horses on to a survey, and he took 15 under the corn and 500 the votes. And uh, he sat on the, on the backside with a basket of corn, so I don't need to throw it into the road. And then they'd come along, and after he got to drive in good, they're driving all right. They didn't. He'd throw out some more. And uh, gracious, he uh, went to work, and we had two dogs, drivers. First 10 miles was first top. Then turkey to take out at the field, and dogs go out and put them back at the road, you know. And now a road, just like these old-fashioned, why, for miles and miles, was just like going up through Granville Woods. Only the sand, some places five, six inches deep, roll along. Well, uh, when it got to be about four o'clock, old gobblers, he was going to gobble. And then in a half an hour, we was in a kind of a well, few maple trees, a few apple trees, all both sides of the road. Them trees were filled with them birds. 512. 512. Yeah. Well, he says, that's all right. So they'll stay that a night. So we hit the horses. Them days, they didn't mow the roadside more than anything. So we let the horses loose on a rope, let them eat grass. And after they get filled up with grass, we give them a grain and hitch them. We set that tent and put a blanket in. We crawl in there. Well, the next morning, about uh, four o'clock, just gonna get keep a day. By gosh, they begin to fly down on the tree. And that fellow ahead of the corn, his boy began to scatter corn the road tracks attention. He hit his team up and he started along, we hit Storm up and we followed along. Were we you did- just a boy then when you What's that? Were you just a boy? 11 years old. When I was 11 years old, uh, he wanted to, this Mr. Robinson, he was a drover, and he wanted to look at somebody in positive. I've got a boy to go. I got 75 cents a day, and what I had to eat. <laughs> I, it didn't ride much, and I'm so grateful I lied. Step on the side of the area that on the running board and ride a little pace. I'm going to go in good. 
and the boy up front, you know, he sat on the hind end of the wagon. If I let up a little, he'd throw out a few corn. There were what, three of you? Huh? Three of you? In front of us. He, that led the crowd, you know, that's what cut the corn, what called the turkeys to keep following. So if they let up, why, he'd throw out a little corn and they'd hustle up and hurry him up a little. <laughs> when night come, they took the trees again. And how many days? Five. Five days. Yeah, we had five. Well, we had four nights, and the last last day, we got in line. It says, Boston City, turn left, go down the right channel to the to the market, and uh, so uh, we took a left turn. And that there, they had wire fences, about a mile and a half had wire fences, wire fences upside the roads. And we went down and had great big yards. And we got in on, and they see us coming. They opened the gate, and the turkeys all went into that one pen. Well, we shut them in that night, and, and uh, we went into the the uh, well, it was a slaughterhouse. Mm -hmm. One side of it, and they had bunk beds. We got our own meal, and then on ourselves. And he, Mr. Robinson, he made us some hot coffee. But we tired now, so we slept. Boy, I bet. Yeah, we slept good. And next morning, they got up. Mr. Robinson said, "Well, we've got to weigh up the turkeys." And the way they done it, on one side of this yard, they had a lane. And they'd go up a ramp, and they'd, just like these uh, scales, you know, the outside flat bottom. We'd drive a gate at each end of them, the scales on yeah. that flat. We'd drive them up this ramp, and when the ramp got full, shut the gate down and weigh that bunch. Take them down, and let them go down at the other yard, shut the gate down, and drive up some more. That's the way they weighed them. Well, we got back, oh, we four days coming back. We jogged a little places, not too much because long trip, you know, and boy, the down roads are sandy, you know, lots of places be miles and miles when you're walking, sand would be halfway up on your shoes. And if I didn't own no cars, Gosh, you know, I see a car and didn't know what they were. Never heard of them. And gosh, the thing of it was that when the uh, team coming, they'd drive right out at the field, let the turkeys go by. And there's, I know one old lady, she says, I wish I could get a picture of those. Robinson hollered to the fellow ahead. He said, throw out a little corn to hold him a little. She got her old thing set up on stakes, you know. On them campers, you put a rag over your head. And by guy, she beat the bulb and said she'd got it. You ever see it? No, never saw it. But it was a handsome sight. I bet. You know, them uh, turkey's heads were red, and then they got this white beading speckled like and the old gobblers had old long nostrils flying and uh, they were black you know 
that be, and you see all that up the road, look just like a rose bush. <laughs> like all those redheads, you know, what a handsome sight. I don't know about you, but I will never look at a rose bush in the same way again. Okay, here's Earl telling the same story to Jane a few years later in 1981. Keep your ears peeled for some great onomatopoeias in this one. He says, Tim is going to go with a load of corn and his boy. And he says, Norm's going to have two horses and he's going to take the dried beef and bread and stuff. Come along behind and have the two dogs go with you. And he says, you follow along. We're going to drive 525 turkeys to Boston. And I said, what do I get? Well, he said, you get a dollar a day. And you're bored. Well, I got ready and I went down. And we got them to turn and get out on the road with a little corn. He began to shake it along the road. And the old gobblers, they were going to go along and they followed. And they'd go out of peace and they'd get out of the corn and they'd soak down some more. And they got them driving pretty good. We went about 50 miles the first day. And I was tired too. <laughs> If the dogs would go along on the side of the road and I kept the turkeys in, they were regular drivers and dogs was. And uh, by gosh, about four o'clock we come into a place. Well, it was just about like going up through Granville Woods. Long trip, five, six miles to one of the darned hills. Sand road, just wagon, buggy wagon drive. About four o'clock, the sun was going to go down. Then we come into some maples, and they went up, went one turkey, and my God, Norm says, ho, ho, He says, no more. Got right out and took her tent out and hit the horses outside the road and uh, give them some hay and grain and set up her tent. And the time we got ready to eat, the turkeys was all up in the tree. Couldn't see a turkey in sight, but you look up in them old maples with a black side. They was quiet right up, quiet as could be. Well, the next morning, just begun a bit peep a day, I heard you could choke down inside the tent. I said, what's that? He says, we got to get up. He says, the turkeys are getting up. Like our time we got up, the turkeys were all down the middle of the road, yawping. Tenny strung some 50 pound of corn up and down the road. Picked up our stuff and got loaded and, and took a norm, made a few sandwiches. We ate them and took our jug of milk. We started down the road. Well, when we got down to within, it said the sign here, this way is city, this way is slaughterhouse. He said, take out the road to slaughterhouse. We drove down in there and the turkeys went right into a pen they had. They put him in there and looked him up and uh, Norm gave him his bill, what they cost him and what they were to pay him. I never knew what the profit was, but he paid him and we come away. But I'm going to tell you right now, nobody ever saw a bed of roses any put in their wall in the morning when the sun shone on their backs. Their back, they were dark colored and they're redheads, and all sticking up on you. Take 525 of them, them redheads sticking up on that backside. 
You never saw Brother Roses any prettier than them water. Down the road. And that's Earl's story, twice told, of driving turkeys to Boston. Again, if you'd like to see a transcript or learn more about turkey driving, visit our show notes at www.vtfolklife.org untapped. You can also follow us at Vermont Folklife on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I want to say a big thank you to Jane Beck for helping us unearth Earl's recording and helping us with research for this episode. Whatever is on your Thanksgiving table this year, and however it got there, I hope you've enjoyed these audio treasures from the VFC archive. From all of us at the Folklife Center, we're wishing you a safe and happy holiday. Vermont Untapped is produced by me, Mary Wesley. Our executive producer, who also happens to be the VFC archivist, is Andy Kolobos. The cello music in this show was recorded by Dave Hoy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>